On the very first Small Ball Podcast episode, we talk about the vision behind this show. We talk about the NBA playoffs and what we are looking forward to in the conference finals. Scott gives us an incredible ad read. And we finish the show talking about the NBA draft lottery. Let's get it. We welcome you in to the first ever episode of the Small Ball Podcast alongside Trevor Mikulin and Christian Dennis. I'm Scott Ayers. We say hello from Trevor's bedroom in Glendale, Arizona. It is a treat to be here. We have waited for this moment. And now it is finally here. Trevor, why don't you go ahead and share the dream and vision of this show? Welcome to the Small Ball Podcast. This has been a dream for a couple years now. Um, I'll get the cat out the bag. I am a Sacramento Kings fan. Die hard. Christian, what team do you root for? I root for the Sacramento Kings. Scott, who do you root for? Hello there. I stand with the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets fans, you, you'll hear of here and there. But Sacramento Kings fans, we exist. Um, and growing up as a Kings fan, never got the attention. Did we deserve it? No. But we did not get any attention from national media. Everything, you know, podcasts, YouTube shows, everything, you're not going to get the attention. The goal of this show is to provide quality content to small market sports teams, NBA teams in particular here. Um, And I mean, there's a growing frustration amongst NBA small market teams, um, the the fans of those teams of, you know, their their teams just not getting any attention. Um, And so that's where we step in. We want to provide that content, the quality content to those teams um, and shine some light um, on incredible stories and incredible players because they deserve it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of things, basketball. We're going to be discussing things that are going on throughout the league. Um, uh, but our main focus is to really just shine those lights on those teams that aren't getting noticed. For example, if, if the Lakers are playing the Kings in triple overtime and the Kings beat them ESPN, all the highlights are Lakers. They don't even show a Kings highlight and they won. So we want to just talk about those small teams that aren't getting that recognition and still talk about what is relevant in the NBA today. And that's not to say, you know, if you are a fan of the Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, L.A. Lakers, we hope that you still join us on this journey and this adventure because maybe you might learn a thing or two and we're not going to stray away from talking about large market teams. This is going to be a basketball show and we are in the heart of the NBA playoffs. So we're not going to stray away from talking about these bigger teams, but it's it's the little guy that that we want to get give attention to. And speaking of which, that moves perfectly in to our first topic, the Dallas Mavericks versus the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. If you're listening to this, this game is happening tomorrow because this is being released tomorrow, Tuesday, 5-17, game being played 5-18. So keep that in mind, Dallas versus Golden State. 
Guys, it took a lot for Dallas to get here, but now as the last small to mid-market team, they have a little fight against another big Goliath. They do. They do. And they're coming off of a incredible dub. Um, historical win in Game 7. My, oh my, Luka Doncic is the real deal. You guys have heard it, um, and it's true. He just he, he went to work against the Suns. It was crazy. Yeah, I didn't think anyone expected this. I mean, <laughs> the Suns' number one seed yeah. in the West off of a year that was tremendous. Yeah. I, I honestly thought they were going to be for sure in the championship this year. Yeah. And I'm just blown away at how bad they were. It, it was as if they had asked us three, our two roommates, to put on Suns gear Shorts that are three sizes too big and go dribble a basketball <laughs> for 48 minutes. That's so what bad. it was like watching the Phoenix It was Suns. so bad. And, and like he mentioned, we're in Glendale, Arizona. We are five minutes from Phoenix. Phoenix fans are in shambles. We have a friend, Kyle Gearing, sent us his initial thoughts. Here they are. Hello, podcast listeners. This is a Suns fan since day one. I've been through it all. I've been through the worst record in the league. I've been through the best. This was one of the worst performances. Uh, very disappointed, obviously. Um, I, I think that the Pelicans exposed us. I hope that Christian and Trevor talk about this, but Willie Green being the coach, they know exactly what ticks us off. They know exactly how to stop us from coaching us. Um, they exposed us. There's no energy on the bench. It's just absolutely heartbreaking and disappointing didn't see it coming did not see this coming at all um hope to be on the pod soon kyle we are going to have you on the pod soon but what stood out to me they didn't see it coming um and heartbreaking so true suns fans thought that they were the team suns in four um they just did not show up chris paul booker just vanished they it was pathetic yeah, I think Kyle said it best with that Willie Green exposed them. You know, a guy who came from that coaching staff last year knows ins and outs of that Suns offense and defense, knows Chris Paul. It's so easy for him to nitpick everything the Suns are bad at and just kind of showcase it to the whole NBA how to beat this team. Because last year they looked almost unbeatable until Giannis decided to just go sicko mode. Who am I? Guess who I am. (laughs) Who am I? Um, uh, Spencer Denwitty. Pat Beverly today on all the national media just chirping at Chris Paul. What were you guys' thoughts on that? He was going in. On the bark or or Pat Beverly? You need to work on your bark. (laughs) Whatever you want to talk about, boys. Yeah, I mean, Chris Paul is Hall of Famer. Multiple-time All-Star. One of the best point guards to ever play the game. And then it's Pat Beverly. Yeah. I Truthfully, you know, I think there was some validity to it. 100%. Um, it, just, it just feels weird coming from Pat Beverly, who I don't know what is his biggest career. And he's still allowed to have an opinion and a take for not having great career achievements. It just felt... He's never missed the playoffs. That's a great career achievement. There you Thank go. You. There we go. There you go. Um, Pat Beverly is also known as a CP3 hater. Yeah. Remember when he pushed him in the back because CP3 was so deep in his mind? <laughs> like, 
Pat Bev like despises CP3 because CP3 controls. I, I Pat will Bev. say the biggest winners of that Mavs game a couple nights ago, Luka Doncic, mm. Spencer Dinwiddie, mm. great winner, thirty points. The Dallas Mavericks because they're in the Western Conference they Finals. Won. They won. And then uh, Pat Beverly. Oh, 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 oh. Those were the biggest winners of that of that game. And you you saw it. He woke up at 4:45, had a chance to uh, take advantage of the moment. And you can't blame him. I think we would all relish in that opportunity. Yeah. See the person we dislike the most fail, and you get a call from ESPN. Hey, come on our show. We we'll give you an hour of just open mic time. Yeah. You're going to take that opportunity every time. And it's Pat Bev. He's going to do his thing. I loved it. I think it's refreshing. I like a little competition, you know, outside of the court, you know. Get into it. I love it. Sometimes the NBA is too nice these days. No, I I, I think it's it's great. It's just Pat Beverly, it's almost like he wants to paint a giant target on the back of his team wherever he goes. This is painting that giant target on the back of his team. Um, not just from Phoenix fans, but there's a lot of fans and players. Damian Lillard had a reaction to it. It's like, get a grip, man. So it's it's fun. I think it's needed for the league, but also you kind of roll your eyes at it. It's like, okay, here's Pat Beverly once again. Um, but that moves on into the series with Golden State, who's kind of, I won't say cakewalk, but they've had... Uh, matchups with teams, uh, Denver missing a couple players, obviously um, Memphis whoop missing. That trip. Whoop that trip. John Morant being gone. Now they're facing a healthy and a hungry Dallas Mavericks team. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. Dallas has a lot of momentum going into this uh, series, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. But at the end of the day, it's Golden State, and they're just history of winning, and they know what to do to get there. It's it's kind of hard to bet against them. Uh, well, to go off that, I don't think I don't know if you guys saw this, but Steph Curry recently is a college grad. He just graduated from college last week, I believe. Saw this on Twitter, and the what guy, did he get his degree in? It was in some kind of art. So <laughs> it was like. It was a business of arts or something, and uh, I don't know what it was. But here's the thing. The guy um, was focused on the wrong finals. He was focused on acing those tests, and it affected his his shooting. It affected his game. And I think now that that's past him, he's a college grad. He's focused on the big-time finals now. He's going to do his thing this series. I got dubs in five. I'm already calling it. I love Luka. Dubs and five. Well, do you think that Steph Curry was dribbling up the court and was like, oh, man, I got a paper due at <laughs> <Yeah>. midnight? Like, <laughs> or was he, like, focused on the game? I don't know how much that necessarily, yeah. like. No, that's kind of like a bit. It's just an excuse for his poor performance, I think, last year. Oh, season. it's a perfect excuse it's to perfect. have. But there's there's no way anyone was like, hey, I know you've got a game at nine, but this paper's two at ten, so we got to figure it out. <laughs> um, but it is it. Congratulations to Steph. Uh, he's been a big fan of our show, so Steph, we want to say congratulations. You know what? I don't know if you guys know this, but when I was on radio, my nickname was Hot Take. Give it to us. You want a hot take, fellas? Hello, hot take. Hello, ching. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a team in seven, and it rhymes with the Pavericks. 
Whoa. <laughs> Mavs in seven. Tell us why, Scotty Ayers. Hey, it's the guy you know and love, Trevor. You talked to us quite a bit about him. It's Luca time. Luca Luca. Um, I honestly also think Golden State is a beatable team. I know there are times where they look invincible and unstoppable, but there are times where they look very, very beatable. And I think the Mavs, with how well they're playing, I can see they I can see them getting it done against Golden State. Yeah, that's a good point to make. I mean, Luca's nuts, but the Mavericks don't have Sacramento Kings coach Mike Brown as on their staff. Whoa. Mike Brown, read his playoff history. It's like 13 and 1. With, the, with the dubs. With the with, dubs. With the dubs. Yeah. 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 With the dubs. What do you think it'll be um, with the Kings? It, it'll still um, be 13 and 1. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> enough. That's so sick. Yeah. But no, I mean, the Warriors are just. They are very beatable, and it's it's very clear. I mean, Clay's not the same player as he was in the past, but of course you can always bet on Game Six for Clay to go off. I just I like to think that their history, their knowledge, and their just ability to get to the finals is what's going to propel them to uh, beat the Mavs. I just think the Mavs are very inexperienced, and also they just don't have a two guy. Like Luka, I feel like he can only take the team as far as he can, and I just think the the Warriors are just way better of a team than the Suns actually are. Dude, Luka, that just brings me to my next point. Luka Doncic, what he has done with this team, where Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson, credit to those two. They've played like so well. And they're great players, but those are you look at the other number twos on some of these teams, and those guys are just so below. And Luka Doncic is taking that team um, against the number one seed in the West, not just the West in the NBA, in the NBA, best record in the league. And what he did to them in Game Seven, CP3 and Book were on that court. It's not like they were playing an injured team. You can't come up with well, an technically CP3 was injured, allegedly. Mm. Per Mark Spears, quad. Luka Don, we are watching greatness. You cannot argue it, Luka Doncic. This is just the beginning too. Like who knows where he's going to be? So I don't want to throw too many hot takes out there after my five dubs and five, and then you threw a hot take. Um, so I'll save my Luka Doncic as the top three of all time at the when it's all said and done. I'll save that for another. Yeah, show. save that off air. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that would be smart. I would hate for you to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, you should write that down in your journal. Yeah, write yeah. that down, but don't bring that up. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say that. Uh, you know, I think all valid points. Let's move on to the Eastern Conference. Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, one versus the two seed, and I think oftentimes you hear one versus two. Okay, yeah, that. That adds up, but if you looked at the East to start this this playoff year or cycle, I should say, not a lot of people had both Miami and Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. Hat tip to both of them for kind of getting through the gauntlet and meeting now in the East. Yeah, definitely. I think Boston is the biggest surprise, even though they were that number two team, but just based off of where they were in January and where they are now, they're two completely different teams. They're They're awesome. They're so much fun to watch. Their defense is nuts. They're all locked in, and Jason Tatum is just playing out of his mind right now. 
Yeah, it, it is. So that's a, such a good point. Just like to start off the, the Eastern conference playoffs, it's like you look at it and if you were to say, yeah, Boston and Miami are going to be one and two, you would be, you get laughed at, you'd get some. laughed at because y- you have like the bucks, you have the nets, the Sixers. Those were the teams that we expected to see at this time of year still playing. And they're not because honestly, defense pulls through. These are two of the best defensive teams this year. Obviously, the Celtics in the second half. And then Eric Spolstra is known for being a defensive coach. And the Miami Heat, bro, they are, you know, so, so disciplined and so nose to the floor and just they're laying it all out there. Great defensive team. Um, Yeah, it'll be exciting. It'll be, I think, a really close series. I think so, too. And, and Boston, I, I have to really credit them because they could have shied away. They could have tanked at the end of the year to get a more favorable drawing in the playoffs, maybe face Toronto in the first round. They said, no, we want to take on Brooklyn. And not only that, we are going to sweep Brooklyn. And then they said, you know what? We'll take on the defending champs. Why not? It's Giannis. Who cares? And winning that game seven was Massive. Now they have to take on another great challenge in Miami. Um, should be a really exciting series. I like Boston this series in six games. I think it's going to be a really fun, competitive series, but I think it's going to favor the Celtics in the end. Wasn't it um, in the bubble, Celtics in the Heat? It was. When, yeah. Yep. So it's a rematch of that, which is going to be really interesting because it's a totally di- different atmosphere. Obviously, the players are older, more mature, and I. I, I, too, agree with you that it's the Celtics. I think just what they proved this year in the playoffs so far, they're a much better team. And I just think, you know, they're going to have the best players on the court. I think Jason Tatum's the best player in the series. And then you can kind of do a toss-up between Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brown sometimes. I feel like they're both fairly equal. You know, aside, I, I feel like it's so weird because the Heat, are a Miami team. They don't have like a ton of like sexy names. I mean, I guess they do. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, but like Kyle Lowry, they don't get a lot of recognition. And they've what what have they not done that makes me think like or what have they like not done that makes me think that they're not going to play well against the Celtics and why are we just ca- I, I don't know. I feel like they have a great shot to beat the Celtics. I think that they haven't shown really a ton of weaknesses. Um, they're just a well-coached. They have the guys. I think they have a good shot. Um, I'm probably going to go. I think it's a close. I think it goes seven games. I got heat in seven. Perfect. And I think you're completely right too. There, There's not a lot of question marks with Miami I guess I lean towards Boston because their defense has been suffocating. Giannis was beyond frustrated in Game 7. Nobody knew how to shoot a basketball outside of him on Milwaukee. Um, And then they've just really had key players step up for them as well. It's going to be the third conference title appearance for Jason Tatum and company. That is insane for such a young player who's ascending into becoming a superstar. Yeah, I feel like... The, the future of the NBA is in Luca's hands on the West and then Jason's on the East. I feel like that's kind of how things are forming right now. And maybe it'll be kind of like a, a bird magic sort of, you know, uh, rivalry going forward. I mean, they yeah. both kind of came in similar times and they're both somewhat similar, like player types. I don't, I don't know about that. 
<laughs> Bird Magic are just two icons. And you got, I mean, you can, you got John Morant in the West. You have Luca on the East. You have Trey Young. You have Giannis. You have Jokic. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about Giannis, I might as well throw Jokic in yeah. there. They're around yeah, the he, just won, he just won two straight MVPs. Well, how old is he? That's why I'm... 26. 26. 26. Okay, yeah. yeah, same age as Giannis. I think Giannis is 26. Um, yeah, so I think you just... I don't know. I feel like the future is all of Future's those guys. Future's in great hands. It's in great hands. The combination of all those guys carrying the league forward, it's exciting. One final thing before we get to our ad read. You know, we talked a little bit about how the Suns got absolutely roasted on social media. They got destroyed, rightfully so, because of the absolute meltdown and beatdown. But let's talk a little bit about the Bucks as well. Mm. Um, they are a championship defending team, and they did not play like one against Boston. Do you think Bucks fans are kind of having a sigh of relief right now? Because if that Game 7 doesn't happen with the Suns, I feel like we wake up the next morning and we're talking, man, that was... Ugly from Milwaukee. I don't know. It just seemed really interesting that as soon as the Suns game happened, we completely forgot that the Bucks just stunk for 48 minutes. Yeah. No, that's a fair point. I think I what I think about Milwaukee, a lot of people may overreact on this loss. I honestly don't think you need to freak out if you're Milwaukee. You were missing your number two option. Drew Drew Holiday is incredible. I love him. He's one of the best defenders in the league, if not the best perimeter defender. But they're missing Chris Middleton. And also, correction, Giannis is 27, not 26. Just want to make sure we clear that up. But I don't think you have to do... Huh? No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I said 26. Just, I just wanted to make sure... We just made eye contact. That's oh, all. Sick. Okay. Yeah. Just, sick. It was like that really loving Adam admiration for yeah, you i love that we shared that with i don't eyes. i don't think milwaukee needs to do anything i don't think you need to freak out i like what they have going on um they've done it they did it last year they were missing their number two guy i think they're good yeah i would agree the bucks are are totally fine i feel like the fact that the suns did lose though does kind of go to your point of like milwaukee boston game kind of doesn't get talked about because everyone's like Phoenix Suns, and then on top of it, the Pat Bev, all that stuff, it's getting more attention. Um, and it's funny that it's like, I feel like a lot of attention isn't even going to the Mavericks. Who no. The Suns. Like, everyone's there's just been no attention. talking about the Suns. So it's really interesting. And yeah, I, I agree with you there. Bucks are, are just fine. It'll be interesting to see if they can bring back some, some guys who are going into free agency this year. Uh, but. I mean, again, they have Giannis, so it's it's hard to always rule them out. You know? Yeah, when you have Giannis, there's there's always a chance. And here's a little fun factoid before we go into our nice little ad read here. Chris Paul, he was a part of that beatdown loss, but do you know that wasn't the biggest loss of his career? In fact, it wasn't the biggest playoff loss ever. That happened in a playoff series, Denver versus Charlotte. Hello. Hello. First round, game four. 62-point loss to Carmelo Anthony and company. Do you know who was on that Charlotte team? Uh, His name rhymes with Driss Maul. Ooh. Chris Paul. I see Paul. So Chris Paul has been a part of some of the biggest losses. Wait, you mean New Orleans. I mean New Orleans. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Charlotte? Oh, I, I'm in playoff? New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I, yeah. I was like, oh, 
Yeah, I, I, you're doing the math. Like the two doesn't go there. No, it was it was New Orleans. But yeah, so he's now been a part of uh, two of the biggest playoff losses ever. Um, so first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Night night sleep tight. Just kick Chris Ball when he's down. That's what we love to do. Yeah. 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 Great player. Great player. But let's get into the ad read. Um, and guys, we all love Shark Tank. In fact, I was recently watching Shark Tank. Um, and uh, I just watched Barbara. We all know, we all know Barbara. Yeah. She's great got a lady. great woman. Reality mogul. Reality, reality mogul. Um, she just gave two children, adolescents really, uh, $50,000. Is she senile? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's a world-class idea, fellas. So I'm here to give you an ad read for the drip drop. Give it to him. What's the drip drop? Drippity drip drip on my drop. Alrighty. Are you tired of eating ice cream like a bozo? Uh-huh. Boo-hoo. Will spilling that goo all over you? <laughs> oh, God. Invest in the drip drop. These teenage boys have patented their ice cream cone protector, so there's no more mess, only success. Please buy their product. Barbara is begging you. (laughs) Well, guys, welcome back from that wonderful and beautiful ad read, but this is the part of the show I think we're all looking forward to. I think a lot of people, when they think off-season, all right, it's time to watch baseball, Maybe I'll queue up Madden again, but this is what we're most excited for. Um, it is the NBA Draft Lottery, and if you're release, listening to this on release 517, then you get to watch the Draft Lottery tonight. Dreams will be made. If you're a fan of a losing team, close your eyes. While all of your friends have been cheering for their team in the playoffs. You've been all alone and sad on your couch. But you remember that the draft lottery is your hope. It's your time as a fan to hold on to hope, hold on to the ping pong balls, and you can jump up to the first pick in the draft. Where can they go from, Trev? If you're in the 11th spot, you can jump all the way to the first spot. Really? If you are in the 8th spot, where can I go? You can go to the second spot. Hello? Only the second? If you are the 14th spot. I can't even count that high. You can go to the third spot. That's not Tonight is your night. Losing team fans celebrate. Stand up. Have hope for the draft lottery. Thank you, Trevor. Christian, why don't you describe what we're about to do here? Um, there's a little thing called the Tankathon, and, mm-hmm. and Christian, I know you love the Tankathon as a Sacramento Kings fan, both you and Trevor. Um, considering you live and breathe in the draft lottery, 
Um, yep. Describe kind of what the Tankathon actually looks like. Yeah, so I've been basically doing this for a while. Um, <laughs> basically, as soon as the last Sacramento King game of the year, I've been on Tankathon every day. Sometimes I'm doing uh, multiple simulations throughout the throughout the day. Sometimes it's just one a day. Um, so basically, what it is is it gives you the draft um, lottery order, and you're able to sim it. So we're going to simulate the the lottery, and then we're just going to go from there. We're going to see who gets the first pick, and we'll probably just discuss the first six picks. You know, first two, six. two to each. Yeah. We'll do a um, mock draft for the first six. Yeah, and we'll we'll just kind of go into that, and it'll be kind of a little fun thing for us because you know that's where we want to talk about. We want to talk about the the future and what's up and coming. So I'm going to go ahead and sim it right now. Um, the f- the first seed is the Houston Rockets right now for the, the first pick. Second will be Orlando. Detroit's third. Fourth, OKC. Pacers are at five. Sixer, or uh, Portland's at six. Sacks at seven. Pelicans have the eighth best odds. Spurs have the ninth. Wizards have the tenth. New York, the eleventh. The twelfth best odd goes to the Thunder. The Hornets, or excuse me, yeah, the Charlotte Hornets have the 13th best odds, and then uh, the Cavs rounded out at 14. So with this sim here, we're going to go, and it looks like the Pistons win the lottery. Let's go, Motown! The Sacramento Kings! Get on your feet! Kings fan. Come on now, not one six, baby. Pick. We're rocking around the second pick. We have the Indiana Pacers. Shout out to Tyrese. Shout out Tyrese. Uh, the Houston Rockets at the fourth pick. The Magic at the fifth, and then this is the worst possibility for the Oklahoma City, but they're rocking with the sixth pick. <sighs> okay, oh, see that hurts. Gross. Dang. Yeah, gross. Okay, Christian. Someone hand me a bucket. <laughs> Assign us teams because we're going to do a mock draft here. Um, I think it's fair that neither Trevor or I pick for the Kings. So I got the second pick with the Kings? Yeah, so I guess I'll go first, and then it'll be Scott, then Trevor. What team? Can you give us the teams? I'm the Pistons. Scott, you're the Kings. Hello. Uh, Trevor is the Pacers. Do I get two in a row since we're snaking this thing? Yeah, you'll be the Rockets after the Pacers. Okay. Then you'll be the Magic, and I'll finish with the Thunder. All right. So with the first pick as the Detroit Pistons, I'm looking at my team. I have Cade Cunningham and I have Sadiq Bay. Those are my two foundational pieces. I think the Pistons will trade Jeremy Grant this offseason. For sure. I think it, it doesn't make sense for them to keep him. Um, so go ahead, get some maybe draft picks, maybe a nice young player. Um, so I'm looking to maybe fill that power forward position. Um, and I feel like what is going to help the Pistons is more and more shooting. So I personally, I think I'm going to take Jabari Smith Jr. here. I think he adds that gritty defensiveness while providing a big athletic scorer who can shoot the rock. So, you know, Kate Cunningham has options when he's, 
when he's driving. I can even pass it to Sadiq Bay, or I got Jabari Smith on the other end. So I really like that option for the Pistons. You're passing up on Chet? Wow. I am. I just, I'm, he's there. just such a mystery. He's such a question mark. I love Jabari. Good pick. Now it, things fall into the Kings' hands, and this is where you can get creative. If Jabari goes number one, um, I was thinking power forward the whole way. But there is one route that Sacktown can take, um, and it is the Cleveland, Cleveland Cavaliers route where you go big. You put Whoa. Sabonis at the four. You put Chet at the five. <laughs> oh, yes. Which that is a... Massive lineup, it, but it, that's it. Would probably be Sabonis at the five, five Chet, Chet at, at the four, four. Yeah. but something of that nature where you have now two very good playmakers. Um, Chet's interior defense, where he can play really four and five guys defensively, the four or the five, which is really nice to have. Um, then there's just kind of the question mark of the two and the three. Um, so I'm leaning towards either Chet. Or Ivy, because Ivy is just such a great scorer. But then you start to get the flashbacks of Buddy Heald because there are times where Jaden Ivy's efficiency is very poor. Because of that, I say Sacktown, let's find a way back into the playoffs. Let's play big and let's get Chet Holmgren. Wow. Are you happy about that? I, I would. I would be very happy with Chet. I'm like so iffy on him, but if he's available at the second pick, I feel like you just have to take it. I'm not doing another Marvin Bagley. No, like you, we you don't pass. we got to take the best of pl- best player available at that point. And I do think Chet is better than uh, both Banchero and I, and I, I love that. Just so that's on the record. But forget about the Kings right now because we are talking Pacers basketball. All right, Pacers, we got Chet off the board. Jabbar is off the board. You're building blocks in Indiana. You have some solid pieces. I think Miles Turner could actually stick around. Um, so you have him as your big. You have Tyrese Halliburton, Chris Duarte, Isaiah Jackson. Um, and then after that, I mean, you have Malcolm Brogdon. I think they're going to flip him for some younger pieces. Um, and then you even Goga, their big boy, he was balling towards the end of the year. I mean, they just have a lot of solid pieces. Um, you draft, I'm a big best player available. Um, and so at that point in the draft, if those two guys are gone, you have Jaden Ivy and you have Paolo Banchero. Um, I don't think that there's a clear distinction on talent, which one you're, you're going to get, you know, which one's better. Honestly, I think that both those guys you can make the argument for. So if I'm Indiana sitting there and that's what I believe I'm picking the player, then I move on to fit. What's going to work with our guys. I think Paolo Banchero is an incredible fit next to, um, obviously Chris Duarte and Tyrese Halliburton. You slot them in at the three, four, they are, they're looking good. So I'm picking, um, Paolo Banchero with the third pick in the draft, Indiana. You're welcome. I actually I follow a lot of Pacers Twitter. Yeah. And every time I I see Pacers Twitter, they're obsessed with Jaden Ivey. Really? Yeah. Indiana boy. Because he's yeah, he goes to Purdue. They're like, ah. Yep. And plus an electric athletic wing, or I guess two guard next to like Tyrese. Awesome. Could be wild. I feel like you can't go wrong with the with Paolo. Yeah. But like I think they like strongly consider Ivey. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it definitely, I was thinking either way. But, okay, now I got Houston. Houston at four. 
their pieces, Jalen Green, um, Jalen Green, and uh, Alperin Singoon. Yeah, I think they're going to trade Christian Wood, too, um, this offseason. But with the fourth pick, I think they grab best player available, and they grab Jaden Ivey to pair up with Jalen Green. I think that's going to be a fun duo to watch. Very, very, like, like that a lot. it's a sexy pick. Those two guys are just going to be a blast. Like yeah. Do you think they would try to move from KPJ? Yeah. I don't think, and I don't think, I don't know if there's going to be suitors for him. Just with this off-the-court stuff, I don't know. I'm not the biggest. He he lacks efficiency as well, kind of like Ivy at times, but Ivy has that really fun unknown, and he does have that takeover that we Mm -hmm. some call it. Did you know that Jaden Ivy's parents, his mom, played in the WNBA, and his dad was like a NFL wide receiver? Like the dude is just That's incredible. He's insane. That DNA athletic. is unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> my my father uh is about five eight <laughs> and can't lift more than twenty pounds. Why you gotta call it Robin and, right yeah, now? Bro. And and my mother is a great woman, but neither had an athletic bone in their body, which is why I'm sitting at this chair cross legged, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Recording this. Pick your pick. Okay. Uh, For the Magic, this is a disaster, I think, as well. I think OKC 6 and Magic 5 is a horrible nightmare situation because for how bad they are, you want a chance to get um, someone like uh, Jabari, Palo, or Chet. Now you're looking at um, Sharp from Kentucky, which I don't like. All I've seen Orlando do for the last three years is just build up on guards, guard after guard after guard after guard, which then now you're starting to look at A.J. Griffin or Keegan Murray. Um, One of those two, I think, would be the pick for Orlando. Based on kind of what Orlando has right now, um, I think I lean towards... I think I lead towards Keegan Murray. Yes, sir. Hello, Keegan Iowa. Murray. Guys. I love Keegan. Um, was the top scorer in NCAA last year. Um, hopefully, he can provide that in Orlando. Um, Dude, 40% from deep. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. I you think can. Keegan Murray is so slim, similar of a prospect to like what Franz Wagner was last year. Yes. Yeah. Kind of does a little bit of everything. And... People are just like still a little questionable about it. Right. And rightfully so. But I think just with what uh, Orlando has, it, it makes the most sense. Yeah. They have like four young guards. So it's yes. like at some point they need to pick who their guard is right. and then figure Unless out. you package one of those guards in a pick for something. But for picking for the sake of Tankathon, they go Keegan. Well, if that's the case, if I'm OKC sitting at six, I think this is the best outcome that could happen for him. Because I think Sharp, although he's a question mark and the fact that we have no idea how he's going to play against competition, he has tremendous skill. I mean, he can shoot the ball. He can defend. He's six foot six with like a seven foot wingspan, very athletic. A lot of draft experts are predicting that he could potentially be the best player in this draft. And maybe they're saying that because they have no film to back up <laughs> what kind of player he is. So they're like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy's going to be the best player, no doubt. 
but he could also be a bum for all we know. But I like the swing the that the Thunder would make here at, at getting sharp because you don't know what he can be. And, you know, pairing him next to SGA and, and Giddy. And Poku. And, and Poku. I feel like that's a great, you know, team to to work with and develop with. And, you know, you'll be able to get your shots because these guys will get you open sort of thing. So, yeah, Sharp, Sharp would be the sixth pick if I'm the Thunder here. That's great. And that, my friends, is what we call a tankathon. Now just talking about actual draft lottery. It's a very exciting time. But, you know, this is an interesting draft because you mentioned Chet Holmgren, who has in, an insane ceiling, but there's there's question marks. And that's where we were kind of talking about this even off air. There's It just stinks when you're a top, a top team in the lottery, but it's not necessarily you're picking from – you know, a field with Trey Young, Luka Doncic, even DeAndre Ayton. It doesn't feel as strong of a class as we've seen in years past. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like there's always people that are judging classes, but we actually don't know. We have no idea. Like, look at the the draft with um, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I'm pretty sure they said that draft was not going to be that great. And there's a lot of really good players that came out of that draft. I mean, the fact that Tyrese fell to 12th is, is kind of nuts. Like, no one expected that. Um, but there's really good players coming out of every draft class as of recent. Right. So it's it's hard to say what's a bad class and what's a good, a good class, class until later Ten years on. down the road. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. You can't you can't judge it too early. Obviously, the experts they've been following these guys, so they know a little bit about what they're talking about. And I feel like most of the time they're right. But at the end of the day, to just say like, "Yeah, this is not going to be a good draft," turn them off. Like that's that's yeah. No, I got more, nothing yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we see those ping pong balls drop, drip drop. <laughs> tomorrow night and uh, I think it's going to be a very exciting time and guys we're, we're at that point where it's it's kind of the end of our first show we've we've had some laughs we've had some tears with Trevor um, and I feel like we've gotten a little bit closer after tonight for sure I agree well um, with that being said guys it was an absolute pleasure um, for those who have tuned in for this first episode maybe listen to a couple of our practice podcasts we thank you very much uh, it means the world to us to just give us your feedback um, any sort of honesty and opinions really helps us out for the future so um, for Trevor Mikulin and Christian Dennis I'm Scott Ayers we say so long for now we will see you next week Tobias over me <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>